Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. And don't forget about the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Rob Ansley, two, show, two shows in a row. Two. Yes. Joey, Joey Pyburn in the house. Tim Klontz, hey, Three morning. Rivers Marine. Good morning, Tim. Good coming morning, to, man. Coming to you live. Thanks for having us into Three Rivers Marine today. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. I'm looking forward to it. So, hey, Tim Klontz, Three Rivers Marine, why are we here? Well, we're here to kick off our Thanksgiving week sale. It starts this morning and uh, is going to go through next Saturday. I love it. I love it. And so I'm seeing some discounts here that are freaking crazy. I mean, I'm talking 25% off. I mean, I, off all everything in the store, rods and reels, 25% off, right? 20 off uh, Raymarine, a whole bunch of crap, 20% off crab gear, everything. You got some... You got some deals on Yamahas too, and nobody's been able to find motors. Yeah, we've uh, been fortunate enough to get some opportunity to uh, get some inventory in the store, and um, we're ready to help some customers that have been waiting a long time, and hopefully get some boats rigged. And we figure since your boat's sitting on the trailer in your yard, might as well be sitting here, you know, waiting <laughs> get, to get rigged. And we got some the new stuff bolted on. It. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. You guys have a full machine shop here too, don't you? you uh, do a all fab, kinds of a a fab, fab shop, fab and, shop, do yeah, a bunch of fab of customization and, uh, and yeah. bait tables and whatever you want. Yep. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, Trius Marine has been on the forefront oh, yeah. of fish-friendly features on boats since there was Three Rivers Marine. I mean, you know, you guys have had your own uh, downrigger mounts. and The bait tables are just the bomb. I mean, we spend so much time cutting stuff up on the bait table. It's just, I mean, that's our, that's our desk. Yeah, definitely. Yep, that's our, that's our workbench. Yeah, no doubt about it. But thanks. For, so we're going to hang out here, um, you know, till mid-morning. Come on down to Three Rivers Marine, the number threeriversmarine.com. After the show, we're going to hang out and tie leaders and tell lies and break rods and just have a whole have a whole bunch of fun. So I'm going to drop a downrigger ball on Nelly's foot today, too. So <laughs> oh, that's be aware. Right. That'll you, be about 9.30 if you want to come on down yeah. and see that. Yeah, it should go viral. That's it. Yeah. You got any steel toe extra tops so I can just, uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get those done, too. We're in the midst of a near record dry streak in November. When's the last yeah. time? You Here we saw go again. Two straight, yeah. two straight weeks of no rain, and I actually saw a weather picture, actually I retweeted it in the outdoor line, of a plume of smoke I coming out that. of Nia Bay, headed yeah. straight out of the ocean, just a little <laughs> a little wildfire back in Nia Bay in November. Yeah. Dude, you're just crazy. I mean, it, it's going to end this week. We're going to get some precip in. but Coming in Sunday night into yeah. the early part of the week. But I, the, the rivers on the coast have been low, but my goodness, there's oh, a lot dude. of cohos out there. I mean, they are, no joke, stacked with coho right now. Talked to Mikey Z out in Forks yesterday. Uh, just incredible numbers. That The hatchery return for silvers on the Solduck River is the biggest they've seen in decades. Uh, it's black with them. Now, those fish have been in there a while. They've oh, been yeah. in there since oh, August, yeah. September. So it's not like there's a lot of bright fish, but the hatchery's already got its escapement, and there is a yeah. pile of fish below the hatchery. The bogus shield, the hoe, um, tulip, shahala system. Oh, yeah. The schedule's still open until the end of the month. They're getting silvers up there still. So and a lot of, of chum. 
which is great to see. A lot of chum on the sky and the Skagit. Good to see them making a making a turnaround. Yeah. The other big news in the sound is crabbing open this week in Marine Area's 10 and 11. That's going really well. Uh, in fact, we got Dave Johnson jumping on 7 o'clock from Kitsap Marina. He's the trout whisperer, but he's also the crab whisperer. And he's got some crab intel for, from oh, the sound Oh, he loves there. his Area 10 crabbing, dude. Oh, he's, he's probably bombing pots this morning <laughs> before work. And well, anytime you swing by there, the, the you know, the boiler's going out back. Well, and those guys haven't had crab. an opportunity for a few years Long down time, there. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to see them down there getting some crab. For Saw sure. Bubba was out crabbing him, uh, him and the boys so and speaking of bubba you can't talk about bubba without talking about marine area 11 13 yeah. that has been a very very solid blackmouth opportunity and looking at some of the numbers that also looks like it may reach through thanksgiving weekend so if you want a blackmouth get on down there in area 11 and, and don't feel like you have to have downriggers man anybody with a small boat as long you know as long as this wind isn't going to blow it, and, and it hasn't been it's been a calm well those sunny, guys mostly jig and moosh down absolutely there the They're, they do a lot of jigging so great opportunity down there in the south sound uh, of course, Tim's going to be popping in and out of the show here for the next couple hours with us. We've got Joe Roeder coming off from Red's Fly Shop over there on the Yakima River. That guy is a hunting machine. You don't ever, you know, he's 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 known. We, we know him as a fly fisherman. Yeah, we do. And he's, you know, he runs that operation over there, uh, Canyon River Ranch and all that stuff. We know him in that role. But that guy shoots cranker elk. He drilled once in a lifetime moose tag here in Washington and shot. What could be the new state record? Could be. Moose. Yeah. And he's going to jump on 6, 625 here shortly to talk about that and what on earth he just did over there in northeastern Washington. If, if you would have told me he got that in northern B.C. or Alaska, I would have went, it's still a nice bowl. Oh, it's, it's an, an amazing bowl. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing bowl. It's a Shiras, Shiras moose, and they just don't get that big. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 625, Joe Roeder, 7 o'clock, Dave Johnson, Kitsap Marina. Tim, your name's all over the show sheets here. Oh, yeah. And your office is right here, so we'll be, you know, shooting rubber bands at you the whole time and getting you in on the show here. We also had a big uh, deal yesterday with the Fish and Wildlife Commission shooting down our spring bear hunt again here. We're going to dive into that a little bit here uh, as we go on throughout the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're – we're not in a good place with our Fish and Wildlife Commission right now, and, and sportsmen, are we are not being represented right now. Well, so. Robbo, you know, I think harvesting animals during their reproductive period, that just doesn't make sense. And we shouldn't use the word recreational in front of anything. No, because, because that, that means, means you're, you're having fun. Yeah, you know, we need to change that. And these are actual comments quoted yeah. in Andy Walgamott's article on Northwest Sportsman Magazine that came out of the mouth of public enemy number one on the commission, and his name is Tim Reagan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And and this guy is he uses emotion to guide his decisions, and you don't want we 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 have we have wildlife science for a reason, because it's worked for over a hundred years, and we've managed these populations and increased populations, and now we have a, and we've brought populations back absolutely. from near extinction, and we do so because of hunters' conservation and the spring, efforts. The spring bear hunt as a tool our biologists can use to, to keep these animals off our calves and our fawns in the spring. That's when they're dropped, and bears are hitting them hard, and it's really only used in, in southeastern southeastern uh, Washington down in the blues. blues. To help manage that elk herd. That elk herd is in the toilet right now because there is predators everywhere. And now they're removing that tool. We can't even use that to manage the predators mm-hmm. down there and, and rebuild that elk herd, which in turn impacts hunting opportunity down there, which in turn impacts tribal hunting opportunity as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, we've gotten some phone calls here lately from some of the tribal bios that are like, hmm, huh. I know we're not too happy with what's going on here right now. 
And so yeah, and let's, watch for somebody to rear their, their, their heads up on that deal. Uh, because that elk herd down there, I mean, there's a lot of tribal hunting that goes on, not only there, but elsewhere in the state. Uh, there's 25 to 30,000 bears in Washington. There's about 1,400 harvested year-round here, you know, between the fall hunting seasons and then this limited spring hunt. On the spring hunt, there's about 120 yep. harvested. And it's not necessarily even about the harvest as it is about the human presence and making sure that these apex predators yep. maintain their fear of man. And, and, and because we don't want these human interactions. In the last four years, we've had four documented fangs in flesh incidents. One of them was a fatality. And, okay? and we see when we don't manage these animals through hunting, they, they lose their fear pretty quickly, like what happened in New Jersey. These bears are running amok mm-hmm. in towns, mm-hmm. running around in neighborhoods. Because they they have no fear of humans at to all. To the point where the New Jersey governor re- recently retraced his steps and is opening up a hunt yeah. in December on black bear to reduce these interactions. So instead of doing that, instead of taking wise counsel from a from a population trend that we've seen manifest itself on East Coast, I got an idea. Let's introduce grizzly bears now. Yeah. You know, it's it's, well, it's going to come to a head and it's going to be an ugly, deadly. Well, head. and the problem with our commission is they're not following the science no, no. that. WDFW is presenting them. Our biologists stand up there and say, you know what? The numbers make sense here. This is justified. We can we can perform this hunt. It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't knock this population down. There's no problems with the bear population here in Washington. No, no, no. We don't like it. No, we just but- don't like it. We don't like this bear hunt. So we don't and, want to have... We're well, and, and they it. want to move away from consumption, yep. as and, they call it, and to... Preservation. to right. And, Con- conservation, and total we, conservation. Pre- preservation. Yeah. Pre- well, preservation. Preservation. And we had yeah. Brian Lynn on the show last week. Reach back if you, if you missed that podcast. Brian Lynn is with his, uh, the Sportsman's Alliance and has his finger on the pulse of this. And, and But th- this is what happens when you have a governor that, that does not follow the law in his commission appointments and then a commission that does, that does not follow the law and use science to, to guide their decisions. So there's going to be more on this. We're not going to belabor the point, but it's something we, that definitely bears watching. No question about it. All right. Give us 90 seconds. We're going to be right back here. Robbo just got back from Florida. Joey's been on the late buck hunt, and uh, I had a sit-down, uh, fishery sit-down with WDFW. All of those have a point or two you need to hear about. I'm going to tell you about it next right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Coming at you live and on location from 3 Rivers Marine. That's number 3, riversmarine.com. We're going to be here till mid-morning today. Hope you uh, come on by. If you got a question we can help you with, setting up downriggers, tying gear, whatever it is, rods, reels, you know, we'd, we'd love to sit down. and I, I'm just flabbergasted by everything in this store dude if you can't find it here yeah you have an issue because I know. they got, they got everything, everything in here and they support local politics too. They do. local fishery politics yeah. big time mm-hmm. big time and the, and the crew in here they all fish and hunt you they know do. uh dave lee yeah yeah, yeah where do yeah. you think dave is right now <laughs> yeah. he is a stick yeah. and a hunting machine yeah, and everything is. else and so is the rest of the crew in here yeah. you want any river stuff sakamoto's up there at the desk uh, you know, yeah, they they got a heck of a crew in here. Current winners. 25% off every single rod and reel in the store, okay? 25% off Raymarine. You got big discounts on Crab and Code Electric Motors. You know, 10, 10% off downriggers, 20% off every, every in stock. I mean, you could do your Christmas shopping right here for 
everybody on your list. Oh, look at look at the look at the Beckman nets and kill bags back there. I'm looking at this big yellow fin tuna right here. I'm oh, kind yeah, of there we go. With the you know temperatures so, getting a little cooler yeah. here right now. I'm kind oh, of looking forward to maybe doing a little bit of that this year. Yeah. Summer, okay. But, so what is yeah. what is uh, November like in Florida? You just got back from Florida. Oh, that was nice. Dude. I sat on I just sat on a bench at the resort one day. Yeah. I called the wife. I was like, I'm just literally sitting here in the sun. Oh, okay. yeah. Just soaking it in. Getting my getting my white <laughs> pasty white chicken legs. Getting some sun on my chicken legs. How to make your wife hate you? Oh, right there. Dude. And they're still white. Yeah. You know? but, <laughs> I know. I saw a picture of Rob yeah. on on Instagram. I was like, yeah. Holy cow! That's yeah. That, yeah. that is a, those are white legs. Jump on my Instagram. You can see what I was doing down there. But we were run, running some boats very, very, very fast. Dude, Big salt Seventy boats. miles an hour. Seventy-five on a, on a, 40 on a forty-seven dude. foot Freeman. Tri- that's, that's a quad four hundred Mercs on the back. Unflipping believable. Yeah. Yeah, How and cool. they're yeah, and quiet too, man. Just silent, crazy. Wow. yeah, Insane. silent. But anyway, fun. Anything we could do out on the water to screw around and still make oh, a yeah. living, you know, it was pretty fun. The hey. whole crew down there was just, it was just a blast. That's cool. Um, but mostly just, just getting to run boats and test right. boats out and hang out with other people that are interested in boats and all that stuff. Good time and actually see the the sun a little bit. But there we've seen that here. It's been beautiful here this it's, week. It's, and it's been too nice. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been I, beautiful. I so. got out on the island to do a little bit of blacktail hunting. Took young uh, Madison Porter, young lady who. Wanted to go on her first deer hunt. It's cool to see her so interested in oh, hunting and everything. Is, I love it. She is way into Super it. Super cool. Yeah. Did you see no. that? Did you see that outer line barrel segment she made? Oh, I did. Yeah, uh, dude, yeah. It's well, a little artist too. She also yeah. made one for salmon for, for soldiers. Sure. But yeah, we, but we got out and great piece of property. Bob Mashman. Bob Mashman just put us on, on a great guy, piece dude. of property over there. With I mean, it had everything you needed. Had cover yep. and apples, apples. and <laughs> but mostly the one thing you need is apples. Um, yeah. But Was it Bob's property? Yeah, oh yeah. Just a, a piece he has access to. See, now, if I bought a chunk of property, I'd be like, apple trees are going here, yeah, yeah. the barley's going there, the corn's going over there, there'd be a pond right here, it'd be like food plots all over the place. That's, I guarantee Bob probably planted all this 30, 40 years you, ago. You may have just described something with a, but you lack the pheasant pen. There's a pheasant pen on <laughs> yeah. this property. Yeah. Anyway, back to Blacktail, honey. But the, this weather, the, the, you know, it's yeah. been so nice, and it's so calm during mm, the day, yeah, and you yeah. need a little bit of, you know... Those blacktail are perfectly comfortable to just kind of chill out mm-hmm. and, and bed during the day when it's that quiet and that calm. Yeah. Uh, Need they, something to push them around. Get, and, and the rut's kind of in a lull over there. They'll get a little bit of a, a secondary rut in December, but yeah. that thing happens a little bit earlier over there. So not a lot of deer moving around. We we had a nice sit in the morning on a, re- a really cool little gully where we got to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're sitting real quiet like that, it's funny, like the little critters that oh, run yeah. around, like yeah. like a, a little chipmunk will come cruising by and they don't even know you're there. Pretty soon it's like, oh my gosh, is it gonna, is it gonna get on my boot? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? But it, it was yeah. still a great day. And then um, during the middle of the day, we went to the gun club, Bob's oh, yeah. gun club, and and Madison got to shoot some some trap there. Yeah, the would be rotten gun club is yeah. that the, yeah, unreal, ama- amazing unreal. Facility. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the bottom line is though, with this rut, it's late this year. I'm hearing the same story all over the west side from my buddies out chasing blacktails. Not as many rubs as normal. You look at the Mm -hmm. leaves, they're just now starting to change. I mean, everything is really late. And we've got this still calm weather all the way into basically tomorrow evening. We've got some rain coming in tomorrow evening. 
maybe that'll stir some stuff up tomorrow, but it's been a pretty tough blacktail yeah. hunt here on the west side. Yeah. They're just not it's moving just, much. It's been a tough know? deer year. It's gonna be overall. a it's yeah. gonna be a good muzzleloader hunt because yeah. the muzzleloader hunt be. comes it right will. after yeah. this this general late. It'll be perfect for and those it's guys. Gonna, yep. yeah. yeah, but it has not worked out like it normally does this late hunt. In the general season was terrible. Uh, we had all that hot weather and stuff, and so uh, next year there's gonna be a lot of deer. There is. There'll be yeah. a pile of my if I, the bears and cats and you know now grizzly bears too. So yeah. if they don't get them, but uh, our friend the, Mark, the Mark, commission doesn't put a bubble over them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our uh, our friend Mark Ritasel and I uh, got to a WDFW meeting of the Issaquah Creek uh, Hatchery facility, and uh, I posted a little pic of some some coho spawning like right under the bridge. I mean that whole thing, just like you said, with there's so many coho on the peninsula the rivers are black and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the color of the of the coho right now too but a couple interesting things um coming out of that meeting both regarded with what you said about the number of chums we saw some information regarding hydroacoustic surveys that wdfw has been doing um just kind of taking a look and they they where we on our, our marine electronics we can see marks and we can see they have the same type of sonar ability, but it does a statistical analysis of what they're seeing and, and identifies the air bubbles. And they can almost do a biomass estimate of some of these fish coming in. Fascinating stuff. We also sat down with their uh, bottom fish guy who um, is going to start working on some abundance estimates. The idea being that we may get a little extra time for lingcod. Right now, our lingcod seasons run from May 1st through uh, through the middle of June. Just think if we got that whole month of June for lingcod, kids are out of school, we mm-hmm. got a great weather window right then. Are they thinking to get those lingcod off the rockfish a little bit? Is that not, what not necessarily, just that the resource can handle, yeah. we, despite the pressure that's on it right now, you're, you're still seeing some increasing abundances of, of lingcod in the area. It but, seems like it's better every year. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and the thing of it is, if you want to talk about a catch-and-release species, lingcod lend themselves, they're much more robust than salmonids. If you want to catch-and-release salmon season, you're going to have a mortality loss. Dude. Good luck hurting a lingcod with a foot with a fish hook. Yeah, they, well, they, I they, they on, eat baby rockfish with spines. Yeah. I worked <laughs> so, on a, I mean, a longliner, you know, up in Alaska in college, and and we would crank them up from 2,500 feet out of the Gulf of Alaska, and those suckers, we let them go, and they would be gone like they're shot from a rocket yeah. right back to the yeah. bottom. They're extremely tenacious. They're, they're rough. Tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're they're built for catch and release. For but sure. That Fisheries. would be a wonderful two week window though to get that part of late June back. You know, coming coming into July first, it's just the weather's great. People are more people have a little vacation time, and and, and you're not going to hurt the resource at all. Plus, cool. Plus, you more know, opportunity. More opportunity. But are we going to cha- Are we going to use the word recreational uh, lingcod oh, fishery? Don't, don't give me. We're, go there? You know, we we actually <laughs> we we may. Have I to... want to drop a downrigger ball on maybe one of somebody <laughs> over there's foot. Maybe, yeah. if I could, you know, <laughs> that's not that's not a bad. I didn't idea. just say that. Somebody <laughs> that's extremely happy with WDFW right now is our dear friend Joe Roeder from Red's Fly Shop. He drew the once in a lifetime moose tag and shot his once in a lifetime moose. We'll pop out here for a quick break. Joe Roeder, Red's Fly Shop, telling us about his master moose here on the outdoor line. Coming to you live and on location from Three Rivers Marine. Come down and see us today. Back here in a couple of minutes right here on the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. So typically, if you log on to redsflyshop.com, you're going to get a lot of information with regard to their equipment, the opportunities they have in the Yakima River, and the gear, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Joe Roeder of, of Red's Fly Shop is here to tell us 
about a little different experience and the word little will probably not be heard again. Congratulations on the biggest moose I've seen anybody get this year, Joe Roeder. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. I'm looking at a picture of this thing right now. And uh, yeah, I just poured a little bit of Bailey's into my coffee. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> kind of digging on this picture. How big was this sucker? What was the spread on that? That's a Shiris moose. And it does not, it looks like something you just shot in Northern BC or, or Alaska. I mean, this is a cranker. The brow man. tines on it are crazy. Yeah. Five on one side, four on the other. Just a, wow. just a beast. So tell us about this thing, you know, uh, uh, how it all went down. And then just the sheer size of it, man. Give us some dimensions and all that stuff, some details. Well, there's two things I got to clear up real quick. One is uh, there were six brow tines on one side. (laughs) Come on, Joe. Jeez. And the other one was the other one was a text exchange with Tom Nelson that I've just got to clear up. You guys, Tom said he was going to call at 6:25 a.m. and I said, "Well, that's earlier than normal." And he says, "Well, you're not normal, and neither am I." And I thought about it. I'm like, man, I think Tom thinks I was saying 625 was too early. But what I was really saying is normally we talk at 725. So I just want to get that out there, Tom. I'm not afraid to get up early for a little chatting about hunting. But that's it. And that's what makes us not normal, right, is that we're up at 625 on Saturday morning. So this is a a once-in-a-lifetime tag. Let's start at the beginning. How many years, Joe Roeder, did you put in for this tag? Yeah, it's a really good question because a lot of people don't, uh, especially if they're non-hunters, don't understand how this works. But uh, the moose in Washington State is a once-in-a-lifetime tag for a bull moose. And they're very coveted, and big game managers manage them, you know, with a very finite harvest level that can be sustained every year. Yeah, using science. Yeah, a great concept. <laughs> so they have they have a certain number of moose that can be harvested in each unit each year based on their their surveys. And so it took me 24 years to get this tag. So since since I was 18 years old, since I wow. kind of managed my own money, my dad never put in for a special permit hunt when I was young. But starting when I was 18 was about the time the system went electronic, and so you didn't have to front the 360 bucks. At that time, prior to that, when I was in high school, you had to front the 360 bucks, and I was just broke. Uh, and as soon as they, you didn't have to front the money, it was like ever, you know, that's when I think a lot of people started being more diligent about putting it every year. But anyway, fast forward 24 years, is that my 24th application finally got the word selected on it. Wow. And, uh, uh, and, and t- tell, tell me, I mean, I, I go through this every year where I look at my, you know, you look at it and, and occasionally you'll see that selected. And, you know, I've, I've, I've drawn a, um, a big bull tag a couple times, but what goes through your head when you see that selected yes, on bull moose? Like, because it's the one thing yeah. we all are just like, you want to see that. Oh, well, it's, it's great. So when those results come in, and if there's hunters listening, they'll understand this. But the results come in, and it's written in all capital letters. So it's all caps. And usually it's like, I feel like I'm being yelled at, not selected, not selected. <laughs> <laughs> you, you come across that one that says selected. You're like, oh, my God. You know, the first thing that goes in your head on it, something like this is like you feel a lot of pressure because you're like, man, I put in a lot of time. And you know that you're going to you're definitely going to be uh, some of that domestic leeway is going to be uh, on loan. Um, leeway from work is going to be on loan. Um I put 16 days in the unit, which is 
that's a four and a half hour drive from my house. I was in North central Washington. And so that's a lot of drive time, you know, a lot of investment. So I, w- I was really fortunate to be able to have that latitude to make a lot of trips, scouting and hunting uh, for the moose. So yeah, the first thing that goes in my mind is like, dude, everything else has got to be on hold. You know, yeah. all those other, all that other stuff mm-hmm. that you do, all the steelhead fishing, you know, a lot of the other hunting trips, or you got to shelf all that and kind of be hyper-focused on this. Well, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. We just don't have a lot of intel up there because we, you know, you're going to get drawn once in three lifetimes up there for a moose or whatever. So you spent a lot of time scouting up there. Uh, is that an August, September deal? I mean, do you got cameras out? Are you talking to the biologist? What goes into the scouting on one of these moose hunts here in Washington to get some intel? Yeah, kind of all of the above. You know, first off, like everybody was super helpful that I reached out to. Um, I I got introduced to like, oh, my buddy has a buddy who's a biologist. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My buddy has a buddy who has a buddy that is a logger. Or my buddy has a buddy has a buddy who's a forester. And I was introduced to loggers, foresters, biologists. Um, n- none of them did I just pick the phone up directly and call like off the DFW or Forest Service website or anything. It was always an introduction. Mm-hmm. And everybody was super helpful. I got a little help on uh, the hunting-washington forum. Um, there were some folks on there that were really helpful. But the risk is that people will send you on um, ghost hunts um, or ghost chases all over the place. And you end up spreading yourself so thin chasing this rumor and that rumor. And somebody saw a great big one four years ago on that ridge. Well, there might be some value to that. There might not be the same bull living there, but you end up chasing your tail a lot. And what I elected to do is I had uh, some buddies that have historically hunted whitetail up in the north, northeast, north central a lot. And they historically had pictures of really big bulls on trail cam. And I focused the vast majority of my hunt on that area and boot hunted for the first nine days of my hunt and just did nothing but hike. I drove around a little bit just to rule like vegetation and country in and out, whether I liked the look of it and enjoyed being there. But mostly I worked on, my dream was to call one in and have it smash through the alders and, and, and come in looking for a fight. You know, that was my ultimate dream. And I had a couple little bulls come in the first two days of the season when I had my bow in my hand and I elected to, to pass on those little guys. And I would have been delighted with, frankly, would have been delighted with either of them. Uh, but I just said, oh, you know what? I want to savor this experience. Pass them up. And then the third day, which is the moose rut, the breeding season is right at the beginning of October when I started hunting. And I, I got an opportunity to what turned out to be an extremely nice bull on the third morning in low light. I was sitting over a big marsh um, that we had hiked into and we had been we had been in this marsh every morning, every night, staying till dark, in there before daylight, just waiting for these bulls to come in and hopefully check on some cows. And I had cameras hung up, and we had seen occasionally bulls in these areas, but they were on the move so much, you just get one glimpse of them at night on the camera, so it was there was no predictability to it. It got light, and, uh, and I was real nervous. It took 24 years to get the tag. I'm only three days into this hunt, and it's a long, 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 long season. I let that bull slip away, and I thought, oh, well, I've seen three bulls in three days. This is going to be great. I'm not going to have a problem, you know, filling this tag if I just it comes down to it. I hunted nine more days without <laughs> seeing or hearing a single moose after that, and it was broken up into – it was kind of broken up into two hunts, but it was a total of, uh, yeah, I mean, really 10 days because that bull slipped out of there at, at essentially at shooting light, and 
it was essentially 10 days before I came across another bull, which was the bull I shot. Um, and so it was very hot in the beginning of the season, very difficult conditions. I, I don't want to be the guy that makes excuses, but we hunted really, really hard and, and never turned up another bull, you know, that front half of the season. Fast forward a few weeks, I'm, I've got a plan, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hunt after the snow flies and the vegetation is off the trees. That's what all the moose gurus said. Hey, just wait until the leaves fall off the trees. Wait until you have some snow. The moose will be much more happy to be out in um, kind of the scrub willow and the burns and, and some of the logging, the mixed-use logging stuff um, that's up there. So you're looking at satellite imagery. You're looking at satellite imagery and, uh, you know, trying to find all these different openings. And so I, you have a plan. Anyway, we get back up there and I'm watching the forecast and they're predicting like a dangerous winter storm, like 20 inches of snow. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is good. It's bad. My 16 year old son and I leave, leave Ellensburg about 3.30 in the morning. We get up there and the first thing that happens is we cut about six deadfall out of the road. I mean, there's no traffic up there because there's no open sea, other open seasons. We cut six deadfall out of the road with the chainsaw. And I'm like, oh, this is turning into a nightmare. We end up with four chains on the Jeep, cutting deadfall out of the road. We did that for two whole days, and um, that for two whole days didn't see a single moose. And then this is stuff the we end do for fun. Day, yeah, this is this We call this fun, right? <laughs> Man, okay, like go ahead, I remember my son. I remember my son. We're putting chains on, and he's like, Dad, is this? You know, yeah. He's like, his hands. Of course, he's shoving his hands up his shirt and trying to keep yeah. his hands warm. He's got gloves up. And I feel the door closing on this moose hunt. I'm like, man, if it keeps snowing like this, we're not going to be able to get around it. I suck at riding a snowmobile. I mean, I'm like the worst snowmobile rider ever, <laughs> like ever, ever, ever. So I'm like picturing myself trying to ride a snowmobile. So it keeps snowing that night. There was a, you know, you know, if we had longer format, I would share a few other, you know, funny mm-hmm. details that happened. Mm-hmm. But basically it just keeps snowing all night. The next morning. The next morning we wake up and I'm like, we're not going to be able to get around. And at this point, one of the, one of the, one of the fellows from reds that you guys spent some time with Dallas shows up because mm-hmm. Dallas wants to get in on this too and lend a hand in the event we harvest. He's like, I want to uh, be miserable with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's good. Yeah. I'm like, man, another guy to put chains on and run the chainsaw and drag logs out of the road. Cause I mean, all that snow had just knocked over all this burn, all this, this burn slash was just falling all over the roads. And, uh, well, we wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I know two areas that are likely been plowed because there's like three feet of snow above 4,000 feet now. And we go to the first one and it's, it's, it's a graded pass, essentially not like a highway, but it's graded. And, um, and so many people who know that area are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not really worried about it because this bull was one in a million. Uh, it's not going to happen there again, but we go to the graded pass and we literally try to park you know, on the graded pass and I've got a pretty well-equipped Jeep and we literally get stuck just trying to get off the road enough to glass, um, a bunch of these burns. And I'm like, okay, this is bad. We can't even literally park, um, up there. So we get unstuck and I'm like, okay, I know they've been logging up in a particular unit and I've been in there before in a firewood cutter, by the way, moose tag holders talk to every firewood cutter you see, like they (laughs) have the best Intel and they are not emotionally invested in your hunt. They're not going to BS you. They'll let you know how it is. A firewood cutter had seen a really nice bull up there 
um, in October, you know, a couple weeks prior. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go check this spot. And I had a couple leads from a forester as well that told me, hey, you got to hit this spot after it snows. Okay. Man, I am so down. I think this hunt is like, I'm like, man, this is not working out the way I thought. I can't even get around. I'm going to go and I'm going to be driving a graded road. And it's a logging operation that's up there. Guys, I'm not kidding. It was like an act of God, man. I took two corners right as we got to the spot that I wanted to be in where they it had burned and they, they had salvage logged it. We come around two corners and right from the rig. I mean, I'd like to tell you this was like some deep backcountry remote experience. It was lucky. <laughs> we, we come around two corners and we see this bull. And I'm like, I can't believe my eyes. It was like a prehistoric wow. critter. I mean, you know, the, this bull has so many points. It has a total of 27 points, um, you know, scoreable points. And uh, we come around the corner. I go, oh, my Lord. I go, I might have said something else. Some other expletive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I parked the rig. I parked the rig, and, and the bull starts. He, he sees us, but he's working his way up the hill. It's not like, you know, this is not like a fire drill. And I grab my rifle, and I sneak up the road and start scooting up the road. My son Jensen and Dallas are with me, and, and they're like, they were like, okay, that bull's gone. They assumed, you know, cause it took me a minute to, to get a shot, but I snuck up the road and he had stopped kind of on this rise. And I, I got about a hundred yard offhand shot. You know, my least favorite is an offhand shot when you're shaking like a leaf. I mean, I was just out of it. I'm like, Oh my like, goodness. I'm, I can't like, imagine but, the dude. feeling right there. Seeing that giant moose and it was a hundred yards. That's close. About a hundred yards. And, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of shooting coaching and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it went all out the window because I said, like, just snap shoot it, man. I go, just, just snap shoot this thing. It's not, the, it's a big animal. So I shot and, uh, you know, offhand shot and I'm shooting a 300 short bag. You know, it's a good round, but not, you know, it's not a 375. And I've heard of these things just taking slugs and just walking off on you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just they'll die eventually, but, you know, the recovery takes a little bit of time. But I shot. And I was just like, oh, my Lord, please don't just walk over that rise. And uh, cause it's, it's on like a 50-degree slope. It's, oh. it's a steep slope. Like, it's the kind of slope that you have to ha- use your hands to get mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. I shot, and, man, it took the slug, and then it just t- it stood there and then just took one step back and then two steps backwards, three steps, and then and a couple you know more it's quick going steps. down. Yeah. Dude, and then it fell, and this is no joke. This may be the best oh. part of the story. Dude, it fell, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did it. That just happened, and it slid all the way back down (laughs) and crashed on the edge of the road we were on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This was an act of God. No doubt, dude. So did you get them all out that same day? Oh, yeah, man. It was like, no, we processed it. I mean, it was like a meat shop processing deal. We had three of us, and we're going to break it down animals. It was like we broke it apart so clean. It took about three hours, and it was like every quarter that came off and every piece of meat came off mm-hmm. just got laid in hard packed snow. Oh, and the perfect. meat, the wow. meat has been like, I mean, if meat were but, I mean, like it's like butter. I mean, it's so good. And <laughs> how much a, does a hind quarter weigh? How much does one of those hind quarters weigh? On that you side? know, you, Rob, I'll be honest with you, they're not mm-hmm. the Shirus. The Yukons must right. be a lot bigger because I hear people mm-hmm. talk about it, but. They were like 96 pounds ish. I remember one of them being 96, okay. um, bone in, knee off, and um, you know. So I, yeah. it was definitely bigger. I've shot some very, very large bull elk. It was definitely mm-hmm. bigger, but it was only like hanging weight. Hanging weight mm-hmm. on it 
when you remove the backbone and the neck, and I think there's a lot more bone mass in the backbone because the moose are longer and some leg bone. So on the hoof, they're definitely heavier, but it's about 100 pounds, about 100 pounds heavier than a really mammoth bull elk. But the heart was way bigger. We ate the heart, and there are features of a moose like the head and obviously, you know, bone mass and stuff that, that are just larger, but great eating animal. We got it all processed up by this just, awesome local butcher just small mom and pop Mm -hmm. shop that you know take their they take their time doing everything right and we've we've eaten moose i think every night Um, (laughs) you've eaten no you've eaten a lot of wild game how does it rank against elk and mule deer and 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 beef i mean how does it rank against all that stuff a good solid backstrap steak where do you put it yeah it doesn't give you the 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 meat sweats and the the fat hangover like beef i mean you eat wild game (laughs) if it's prepped right if it's prepped right, you can eat all you like and you still feel like Superman. Yeah. You know, you don't get that meat hangover. But, awesome. yeah, it's great. It's just different. I like all of them. The tenderloin was not – I was talking to Joey about this on a separate call. But dry aging, like learning how to handle wild game properly and, and dry aging it and aging it a little bit really helps in the tenderness. Because, uh, you like, the tenderloins, we ate, we ate them within two days of taking the bull – and they just weren't super tender, like one that I might let sit in my mm. fridge for a week or even in the freezer for, you know, a few months tends to break down and age a little bit. So I think there's some value in just people understanding that aging yeah, meat with, is without a doubt. Joe, we're up against the break, buddy, but great story. Once in a lifetime tag. You found a once in a lifetime bull. You had a once in a lifetime experience. Right? Congratulations. So yeah, happy congratulations. for you. Dude. We're looking forward to seeing how this thing scores too. This, oh yeah. You think it's going to be right up there? You know, it's going to be right near the stay record real yeah. close. I don't want to make nice. any bull well, we're predictions. Looking forward to, we're looking forward yeah, to hearing about it. We'll keep in touch, buddy. We got to run and, and uh, get up against a break here and get out of here. But uh, thank you so much for the time and congrats again. No dude. doubt, dude. Super Great awesome. story. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Bye, guys. Have All a good day. See you, buddy. Right, take we'll care. Talk. All right, coming up next, Raymarine Picks of the Week here for the 19th of November, right here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and 710 Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. Welcome to Raymarine Picks of the Week here for the 19th of November already. It's Thanksgiving week, and you are at the Thanksgiving week sale here at the number 3riversmarine.com. Season's lowest prices for all-in-stock boat packages, and, and through the week, 20% off in-stock Raymarine Electronics. And uh, we're going to be here all day. Well, Pretty much the whole place is on sale. Yeah, no kidding. And so uh, come on down this morning and check stuff out. If you have an electronics question, love to push some buttons and, uh, you know, kind of show you what's available to you because it's it, there's a bunch of great Look gear. at that fancy sabiki rod right there. Oh, I've been know. watching that Dude. one. Yeah, uh-huh. I got my yeah. eye on that thing. Yeah, yep. we uh, we I could catch some uh, some horse herring up in Southeast Alaska on that sucker. Oh, yeah. Drop them down dude, and that's uh, feed a live horse herring to a big king salmon up there. Wouldn't that be cool? Dude, they're yeah. so much fun. We we have we got a, we have a lot of fun with that sabiki rod. If you don't know what it is. To, to catch herring. It's a catch, loaded gun is what it, it is. It really is. It is. So the, so the thing of it is, it, it's a big herring jig. It's got like, you know, half a dozen little hooks and use mackerel rigs on there. And you drop them down. And, and the something about the herring that you are just taking off those hooks. And the cool thing is, 
the entire herring rig pulls inside this hollow rod and you can hold the rod over a bucket and just crank the crank the line and it just crucifies those herring right off there and they drop in the bucket the trick is use a line counter level wine so you can correspond what you're seeing on the display with how much line you got out and dude they're a ball and and if you've ever used a herring jig on a conventional rod you know that by the time you get that thing and get it all untangled, and all those little hooks yeah. are tangled on no. everything. And those little the, hooks. The herring sharp. ball is gone. Yeah, with, for with sure. the sabiki rod, I'm right on them, man. Yep. I mean, immediately. The, the deal is, is in the, the all the hooks go inside the rod. It's a hollow rod. So hollow all rod. the little tiny yep. hooks go inside of it. But that, there's one of them here. So if you want that one, it's right there. <laughs> it's, yep. If I don't buy it, it you'll, it'll be here later. But I'll, I'm going to wait till probably nine, ten o'clock. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully, and Nicole, then Nicole's still sleeping. Going home with the rod. That's actually that's actually the right length too. Ours is just a little bit short. We got to modify. So hey. Enough of the Sibiki rod here. We got distracted there and went off into the weeds. Crabbing open Squirrel. this week. Uh, Marine areas 10 and 11. Uh, we've got some great reports, and the weather's been awesome this week. It's been perfect. Black calm on the sound. And and by midday, it's beautiful out. It's oh, it's gorgeous. So uh, we've got great reports. In fact, we've got Dave Johnson coming up on uh, right after the break here to talk about some crab op- crabbing opportunity in Marine Area 10. Bubba checked in for Marine Area 11 this week down around Tacoma. Said he's having great success down there. So that's happening. Uh, still some crabbing up in the North Sound too. All those Dude. areas are still open through the end of the year. Uh, we got the Black Friday. A trout fishing event coming up. They're planting the heck out of the lakes here on the west side right now. Jump on the catchable trout page on the WDFW website. You can see which lakes have been planted. Or just go to the news section up in the top of the web page there. Click on that, and you'll see an article on there, what lakes have been planted. Get out and catch some trout. If you don't want to wait in line next week, go trout fishing instead. And, uh, and it's, a ban- it's a banker hours fishery, too. You don't oh, want to totally. be out there first thing in the morning. It's an yeah. afternoon in the heat let of the day. The water, wa- yeah, let the water warm up a little bit. Late blacktail's going on right now. Been tough. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it goes through tomorrow, so you still got some opportunity to get out and get a late blacktail. They're in technically, well, they're supposed to be in the rut right now. Everything's running late this year, but you still got a chance. Get out this and, weekend. But if you have a multi season tag, muzzleloader comes right behind it's it. Gonna be and, and it's going to be perfect. We've got some weather, got coming, some weather next coming in. Week, so the yep. muzzleloader is going to be happy here this fall with that deal. Waterfall hunting, again, been bluebird. But we got weather coming here this next week. It's going to get good. Talking to Kevin John of a Skagit Sports yesterday. Um, Skagit Arm, excuse me, Holiday Sports. Uh, he's looking forward to this week. We finally got some sheet water maybe coming into those fields up in the Skagit Valley. Uh, going to push some of those birds in out of the bay. It's been a bayfront show up there. All the birds have been out on the bays. The snow geese up there starting, starting to get to... educated a little bit. Yeah. Getting a little tougher on the snow geese up there. There's tens of thousands of, of them up in the Skagit Valley right now. But really the deal is the waterfowl, the ducks that are out on the bayfronts, he's hoping they'll push in a little bit this week and start hitting some of those fields in Skagit Valley and give guys a, some good, op- good opportunity up that way. So. And Thanksgiving week, that means this is the last week for Woosters. Yeah. Okay, last pheasant releases of the year going to pop out at uh, all the release sites. And, and you know, uh, it's the release sites on Whidbey Island, they're really something special. The Western Washington, they're pretty marshy, okay, pretty busy, but it's just a little more arid on Whidbey Island. It's just a little better. A little more Eastern Washington-like. It is. Over there, yeah. It is. A lot of fun over there. More birds, too. Also, the uh, the silver thing's still going on. We Dude. mentioned that earlier in the yeah. show. Schedule River's open at the end of the month. Uh, Forks Area River is open to the end of the month. I think the Sulduck might go a little bit longer into December, but uh, Hump Tulips, cranking cohos down there, the Chehala system too, a lot of coho coming out of there right now. If if you think back a year, we had near historic floods a year ago. We had that hunting season turned, you know, it it was snowing as I went over the 
pass last year, you know, over the North Cascades, and we got that early snow followed by, you know, a Pineapple Express that just hosed some eggs out of the gravel. This year, we've got really good spawning conditions, and, and it's we're, we're getting out of that window now where we may get a really damaging flood, and so with the with the eggs that are in the gravel right now and with the number of fish, and we've got a chance to really get a push of some wild fish this year. We're in a very successful spawning season on tap, so looking forward to looking forward to seeing if that actually pans out. Of course, we'll have some of those uh, fry numbers in the spring for you, too. All right, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. we got the Trout Whisperer, so aptly named by... He's taking uh, by, the morning uh, off yeah. from pounding on the trout and he's going to jump on the show with us so and if you guys aren't doing anything today come on down we're, we're here at three rivers marine we'll be here uh, be here most of the morning thanksgiving week sale at least t- 10 to 10 to 25 percent off everything and some of the deepest discounts you're going to see on hard to find yamaha outboards outboards have been tough to find they're here today so are we i hope you are also dave johnson kits at marina joining us next here in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app